If you're ready for church, can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming. As you can see, we got these fans ripping and roaring for you guys. The only bad news is, is we found out that this air conditioning unit broke. So everybody go, ah. So next week, next week, I got you. Come next week, and it'll be a lot cooler. Uh, Today, it's just way too hot. So we're going to do our best to only keep you here for two hours. Somebody say, that's real. And uh, I normally have kid with that, but today I'm telling you the truth because I got so much to share with you. So everybody just be comfortable, relax, do whatever you have to do. If you've got to get up and stand in front of one of these fans, please feel free to do that. I got a couple here next to me. But uh, open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. As you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, the message will be coming up. I want you to know today that I'm going to try to teach a lot more than I preach. In the first service, I yelled it. Today, I'm going to try to tell it. So if you want to hear me yell a lot more, that was in the first service. But once again, I don't know where this is going to go. So I want you to understand this right off at the top. I am not a a preacher that performs. So I'm not here to perform for you in any way. I have a lot of information by God's grace to give you, and I need you to be willing to receive it. So especially for today, I'm going to need to hear you say amens or yes or no if I ask you a question. So let's make sure you guys are ready. Can I just hear an amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. That was awesome. Can I hear yes? yes? And can I hear a no? Thank you. You all heard that. That's what I'm going to expect. Now, there'll be times I'll say, can I get an amen? I'm going to need to know that you're tracking with me by you saying amen. When I ask you a question, I'm going to need to know a yes or a no so I can know to move on. I think of this literally. Some of you have been in college. You understand this. This is more of a classroom setting, especially on a day like today. Now, I definitely know how to preach, but today definitely has to be taught. Today, we're going to be talking about working unto Christ. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. If you're there, Ephesians 5, 21. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Thank you. So now let's look at this passage. We're going to read the bold together, and you'll understand within the first word why I got to teach you today. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Right there, I got to talk about slavery today. There is no way that I can jump into this passage without talking about slavery. Do you all get that? Now, if I'm going to talk about slavery, I've got to do it in a way that y'all understand because you do not live in a Christian bubble. You live in a world where people hate your Bible and hate your God, and they will try to use this against you and think this is talking about Kuta Kinte being on some plantation with a white slave owner. So I got to stop and teach this to you. Do you understand that? Amen. Thank you. I'm glad you understand that. So I just can't yell and hoop and holler today. I've got to have you understand that first word, slaves, and then that sentence, obey your masters. Let's go to verse 6. Trust me, it will get real. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Now, right here, you've got to stop and understand we are all slaves of Christ. So no matter what we learn today about slaves, it can never be against what we learn we are with Christ. What are we of Christ? Slaves of Christ. So whatever we learn today about slavery, can it go against Christ and his commands? Can we learn anything today about slavery that will teach us to steal? Can we learn anything today that will teach us to mistreat somebody? Can we learn anything today that will teach us to rape? 
No, so whatever we learn about slavery, it must be in the context that we all are slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Can you beat a slave and be in the will of God? Can you steal a human being and make them a slave and be in the will of God? No, y'all just got quiet. Y'all understand? You see how quiet it just got? See, I'm asking questions. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can you beat a person, uh, especially beat a slave, and be in the will of Christ? Okay, y'all listening then, right? So I've got to tell you about being slaves of Christ. And whatever we learn about slavery today, it will be about slaves of Christ doing the will of God, which we are. We are all slaves of Christ. So can you rape somebody and be in the will of God? Okay, can you steal somebody from their country and be in the will of God? No. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you, it's going to be a long day. I am not to be your friend. I am your professor. I am not to entertain you. I am not your Willy Wonka, and you ain't my Oompa Loompa. You understand? I don't need you just parroting stuff today. I need you to tell me by your responses if you are tracking with me. Slaves, obey your masters. We learned that. Obey them, not just to win their favor, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God. Let's keep going. Verse 7. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. So if you find yourself in the position of a slave, you're supposed to obey the master as you would unto God, not just a person. Because you know the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Now let's read verse 9 together. One, two, three. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their masters and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. Now, one more time, if you were here today, and let's say I was preaching in the South in the 1800s, and you owned a black slave, and you were as lost today and going to hell as any other sinner, and you found yourself to be a master, could you treat your master any different kind of way than what Jesus has treated you? So y'all get quiet. Where's my chair? Get me a a chair up here. I will sit down because I might get tired preaching to you. Grab a stool, please. If you owned a black slave in the South and you were in this church, look at me, not the stool, please. Look at me, not the stool, please. If you owned a slave, let's say time machine, boop, we're in 1800 right now. You own a slave. I am preaching to you, Bubba, and I'm telling you right now what you got to do. Could you, as a slave owner, beat your slave and treat them another kind of way other than how Jesus treats you and how you want to be treated? Yes or no? No, you could not. You could not. Now, why did we have a problem in the South with black slaves? Is it Christianity's fault? Yes or no? I just read you the Christian Bible. I just read it to you. Does this give anybody permission to mistreat a slave like they did in the South? No. So now let's just stop right here. Whatever reason there was slavery in the South, it didn't come from this book. So that means you got to rebuke childish Gambino. That means you've got to rebuke everybody you hear on the TV. You've got to rebuke Louis Farrakhan to the east, my brother to the east. That means you've got to go home and rebuke Malcolm X, that video you got, because you ain't been hoodwinked. You have not been bamboozled by this Bible. Are you listening? Are the Mormons Christians, yes or no? 
Okay, no. When the Mormons practice polygamy, do they do so according to this Bible or a false prophet? Okay. Are the Jehovah Witnesses Christian? Okay, when they don't pledge allegiance to the flag, do blood transfusions, and they do all the crazy stuff they do, are they doing it according to the Bible or that false prophet Charles Taz Russell that was the founder? Which one? False prophet. Anybody claiming to be a Christian, treating people unlike the way Christ has treated them, are they Christian or non-Christian? Non-Christian. Non-Christian. So whatever happened in the South, everybody get this, whatever happened in God-blessed America hundreds of years ago ain't got nothing to do with this book. If they used the book, they were wrong. How many people have used the book to do wrong things? A bunch of people. A bunch of people have used this book to do wrong things. Roman Catholics used this book to kill Protestants. Roman Catholics said you weren't worthy to read the Bible. They put it in Latin, chained it to the pulpit, and it was Protestants, protesters that took the Bible back, and then they burned them at the stake. Do you all understand that? People use this Bible not just to do slavery, but all kinds of other crazy things, and we don't consider them Christians. But I do got to address slavery. So what is happening right here in this context? What is happening is we got to go first to the word slave. Did you know that in the Greek doulos, the word slave also means servant? It is identical. And not only that, is it applied in a social status, it's also applied to everybody as a Christian. Did you catch it in the context? It says that everybody is a slave of Christ if they're born again. So whatever we're talking about can't be a bad thing if it's the thing that I'm giving the illustration of to Jesus. Am I a prostitute of Jesus? No, because a prostitute, by definition, is a bad thing. So can I apply that term to Jesus and say, Jesus is my pimp, and I'm his prostitute? He'd be tricking me on the corner, doubling up his money. And I can't use that term, but can I use the term slave of Christ? Why can't I? Because the word slave is not necessarily a bad or a good thing. You will run into many problems, not just in this issue, but in other issues when you take a 21st century mindset built upon fallen humanity's history and try to insert into a book 2,000 years ago where y'all didn't even speak the language, didn't even live among the people. You don't even understand what's going on, Jack. That's what I'm saying. So you can't try to now insert that. If you do that now, you just as bad as Bubba having Kuta Kinte as a slave. That's called misinterpretation, eisegesis. You can't look back on it and force your meaning into it. You've got to let the meaning speak for itself. So if I find myself on Ellen DeGeneres' show, I mean Ellen DeGeneres, and she says, well, your Bible also promoted slavery because it says slaves obey your master. I'm going to take the microphone hit her on the head with it, and it said in the same context, it says I'm a slave of Christ. So there's no way that I can own a man and treat a man differently than the way Christ treats me. So what did the word mean? That it could be a positive thing and attributed to Christ himself. Because don't you all know Lord means master. Many of the old translations have master instead of the English word Lord. And all of our English translations, depending on which ones you're looking at, some of you probably have servant instead of slave because that word is interchangeable. 
So let me ask you a question since we're going to talk about slavery. Let's look at the most important slavery. There is slavery to Christ. Did Jesus come and capture you and force you to be his slave? So right now, if I'm going to ever have what the Bible calls a slave, can I ever have one that I force to be under my power? Can't do it because Jesus didn't do that with us. Next thing is, does Jesus rape us, touch us, breed us, hurt us, whip us, do any of those things to us as the master? Did he do any of that to his disciples? Did he come up to Peter and say, boy, you should have known better? Is that what he did? I know some of this will be funny but edgy, but just track with it. It's okay. Did he slap them? Did he whip them? Did he say, now you're going to learn your lesson, boy, and get out the whip? No. So can I do that to anybody? So whatever I would ever have as a master-slave relationship, it could never involve me forcing them to be there and me mistreating them. Any questions? Any questions? I got a live feed right now on Facebook for second service. Any questions, post them up right now. I don't even just mean it hypothetically. Post them up, and I will track with you on that live feed. Right now, Metro Praise International, second service live feed. Any questions? So now what does it mean to be a servant or a slave 2,000 years ago that Paul is talking to? Whether you are a master or a servant, who is he talking to? Well, the cultural setting is not the Atlantic slave trade, which we will talk about that slave trade and a whole lot of other slave trades. So get ready for all of our cultures to get stepped on. And we all going to ask for reparations, okay? We all going to get something from our people, right? All right. Now watch this. What you have to understand is that in the history of humanity, there's always been different kinds of forms of slavery. All people groups have different forms of slavery. I've got so many. i got about 30 links here. I don't know how many I can get to as Professor Joe today, but the notes are online. Check yourself before you wreck yourself if you think I'm saying something that ain't true. Don't be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Man, check the link first, okay? Because they none of them written by Pastor Joe. These are links. Most of them just come from Wikipedia because I can't afford to buy you all encyclopedia. I'm just showing you this is third-party information. Y'all just look it up and check the sources. So we can insert our definition onto the culture. Let's go back to their culture. Well, what was their culture? The Jewish people were made uh, 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 slaves and were occupied by another culture, the Roman culture. The Roman culture had 60 million slaves. Almost 40% of their population were slaves. Most of them were because of the lands that they conquered. So now imagine you're Paul in the Roman Empire as a Jew. You don't have very many rights, do you? That's why they're getting persecuted themselves by the Romans, and they just, the Romans destroyed their temple in 70 A.D., when the Romans took over nations, they did it for their own personal gain. That's a whole nother discussion. Now, a question that comes up is, why didn't Paul, right at this moment in this letter, say, if you are a Christian and you happen to have slaves because of whatever culture you've been a part of, now set them all free? Why didn't he do that? There are some reasons why Jesus didn't have Paul be an abolitionist right there at that first moment. Guess where Paul is at writing the letter of Ephesians we just wrote? Where is he at? He's in jail, locked up. They won't let me out. Oh, no, they won't let me out. He's locked up. What do you think? He's going to write a letter to tell them to break more laws. He's already in jail himself. 
Do you know that there's also been recorded in the history, people tried to set the slaves free, but they didn't win their civil war. They got slaughtered by everybody. Everybody died by the Roman Empire. So Paul, Christianity is only about 20 years old. Paul himself is in jail. He's not going to say everybody fight and tear down the system. He himself is already in jail. The gospel needs to be preached. And then what most people don't understand is that these slaves had nothing to do with color. The Romans had their own people, white people, Asian people, black people, whoever. They were all enslaved there. And guess what? Let's say you're the Christian master and you have slaves on your field. You let them go. How's your field going to be taken care of? The one you just let go, where are they going to live now? They don't have a home. They don't even have any money. You understand? Where I said, do you all understand? I don't know if you understand. If your farm was being run by slaves, you are now a master. You get saved, and you say to your slave, hasta la vista, you're good to go. They're not Roman citizens. They have no rights. Where are they going to go live now? Where are they going to go? Where are you going to get people to work your fields to do your business? You would have nothing left. They would get captured by the Roman government, brought back into slavery because they couldn't buy their freedom. They had no money. And then you would lose your business. So there would be no profit in that. So what do you think Paul's going to say? Treat each other nice. Be kind to each other because both y'all are slaves of Christ. Do you understand why Paul would say that now? He's saying, look, you own the land. You treat these people nice. He, come on, y'all getting quiet on me, right? I needed, I needed an amen without saying I needed an amen. It says don't even threaten them. Can you beat them? Can you rape them? No, you can't even threaten them. So what is he telling them to do? He's saying y'all better work something out because if you're the slave and you're going to run away, you're going to get caught as a runaway slave, brought onto a wicked master. And then if you're a Christian and you're acting like this, you are going to lose all respect from the Christians around you. So both of y'all got to get along. Both of you got to get along and take care of each other. But guess what? When they were able to be free, Paul said, set them free. And master, set your people free. When would you want to set somebody free? When they could afford to buy their freedom or you buy it for them and now they can be a Roman citizen, which was very expensive and hard to come by. So it would be very similar if you were able to have employees working with you from other countries and you would have them with you. But if you said, no, I don't want you, like in America, but if you said, no, I'm going to set you free, and if America said we're going to send back every illegal, it would be better for them to stay with you till they could afford and become a citizen than for you to push them into immigration. Are you tracking with me? So it was better for them to be with the Christian master and to work together to do the thing. And once again, it wasn't a color thing. You could have black people own slaves. And we're going to get to that in a minute. They were all working together. So where is the comparison in the Roman culture that Jesus was dealing, uh, that Paul was dealing with to what we're dealing with now? Bosses and employees. That's the comparison. Because he said, y'all got the same master. You are equal. Don't even threaten them. And those who are working, do it as unto the Lord. Come on, you all get that. How many of y'all just learned something? Amen. Now, how many of you ready to be offended? Because <laughs> guess what? I ain't got no problem, baby, talking about white folks owning black people. But y'all but ready to talk about your people owning some people? 
Let's start with my majority congregation. We got about 50% Latinos in here. What do you think the Aztecs did? What kind of people you think the Aztecs were? You think the Aztecs were your buddies? How do you think, how do you think Mexico got its borders? You know, people say, let's go visit the pyramids. Let's go visit this. You know, and then, you know, let's go buy the blankets. Let's go do all this. And then hold on, hold on. What's that, mommy? What's that? Oh, that's where they would sacrifice all the children of the village to the false gods. Machu Picchu ain't so cool now, is it? <laughs> ah, come on. Oh, the Mayan. Oh, bum, bum, bum. we're going to go check out the Mayans. Oh, this, this, and this. What's this? Oh, this is where they captured 80,000 of them and put them in gladiator arenas like the Romans didn't have them kill each other for our entertainment. Aztec slavery within the structure of Mexico society produced many slaves. You have to go back into history. How many of y'all Mexican people asking for reparations? We want reparations. We want. You see, here's the problem that I have as a white person. Y'all put stuff on me that I ain't got nothing to do with it. Why aren't you putting it on the right people? Let me give you an example about little old me. My people came from Italy and Poland in the 1900s. Slavery was over. So if you looking at me, pointing at me at some protest, thinking I'm your enemy, Jack, I wasn't even here. My people were on a farm somewhere, minding their own business. And if you know anything about Polish people, they were getting taken over by every person. Now you might say, Pastor, yes, back to Rome. You can trace your ancestry. Okay, so my Roman side will give you something. What you want? But were you enslaved by the Romans 2,000 years ago? You see how silly this gets? Now I'm not saying we don't have real issues that we've got to deal with, but we've got to learn how to start lining them up. If we're going to talk about 200 years of African slavery, 400 years, all of that, if we're going to talk about that, you better talk about 1,000 years of Mexican slavery. Just check. I'm not making this up. When do you think this stuff started? Check it out. This stuff is, some of it's even before Christ was alive. Look at this ruler right here. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. This was in the 1400s. You can go back and check it out. I can't click every link, though I want to. Trust me. Hundreds of years. All of this going back. Let me get my message up here. Somebody say, help us. Come on, say, help me, Jesus. You guys want to talk about African slavery? How many know the Egyptians were in Africa? How many know Egypt's in Africa? Y'all quiet. Is Egypt in Africa, yes or no? Okay. The Egyptians, hey, mom, let's go see the pyramids. Okay. Who built the pyramids, mom? Slaves, thousands, hundreds of thousands of slaves built the pyramids. To the east, my brother, to the east. You're going to find yourself somebody slave over there? Are you all listening? No, you all ain't listening. How about the warring tribes of Africa? You think the warring tribes were just walking around, chilling? Like, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing good. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out. No, man, you want to hear what they were doing to each other in the African tribes? Have you even heard of Hotel Rwanda just in our lifetime? A genocide that they had amongst themselves? Let me show you some of the slavery of the African tribes. Yes, it's a crazy world out there. In the African slave trade, chattel slavery was the worst. They would overtake each other. I mean, I got too many links to go right here. 
Chattel slavery is a specific servitude relationship where the slave is treated as property of the owner. As such, the owner is free to sell or trade or treat the slave as he would other property. And the children of the slave are often retained as the property of the master. There is evidence of long, somebody say long, long histories of chattel slavery in the Nile River Valley in northern Africa. Where do you think the white slave traders got Kutakinte? Where do you think they got him from? They were trading each other thousands of years before the white man ever even showed up. Does it make it right? No, they both go to hell. The black African slave trader goes to hell and the white one who sailed a ship to get there. I mean, just ask yourself, whose property do I want to be? I mean, like Joe, does Joe want to be the Italian Roman government's property, the Polish property? I don't care if you're white, black, pink, or purple. I don't want nobody to be my master. Okay, so if you're thinking to yourself, this was so much better being back in the East. No, it wasn't. We all weren't princes. We all weren't Nubian queens. Are you listening? You weren't all at the top of the pyramid, my, my, my Latinos and Latinas. You, know, you weren't wearing the headdresses. Some of us were way at the bottom. Gets quiet. How about China? You ever think about China? Just China. I know it's, that's not a country we don't think much about. How do you think China got as big as it got? Where do you think all the people of China came from? You think they just showed up and said, hey, Beijing, or hey, emperor in Beijing, I want to join your country. Not only have they had slavery since the beginning of their dynasties, but it didn't finally stop until 1949. 1949, they still had slaves. And I've been to India three times, and there's three times there's still slavery there. My friends, don't be duped, don't be hoodwinked, don't be bamboozled. Fight the power, the power of stupidity. Go back to your Bible and learn something. Your Bible's not here to trick you and lie to you. You see some YouTuber or some Facebook person say, all Christianity is the white man's religion. We were brought here on slave ships and forced to worship their gods. No, your false gods under your false tribal leaders captured you for money and sold you to them other folks. That's how you got here. So who's going to ask China for reparations? Now here's my thing. I understand we're in this country. We got to deal with issues. Jim, Jim Crow, prejudice, and all of this. And that. I, I get it. I'm not undermining that. I'm just saying, why aren't we all mad at the Aztecs right now? Why aren't we burning down their stuff in museums? Now, listen to me. I lived in New Orleans eight and a half years, pastored an almost all-black congregation. That's where I got a little bit of my sass from. Come on. Help me preach. But listen to me. When I was there, I knew that these streets were named after Civil War South heroes like Jefferson Davis. I'm totally with shutting that down, tearing it. I'm, I'm with that. I'm just saying let's also burn down Machu Picchu. Let's burn that thing down. Let's put, let's put the, the truth on every single culture. I'm tired of hearing about it like as if it's one culture. It's all cultures were slaves. All cultures did this to each other. Now, there is a religion that was built on slavery. You want to guess what religion that is? That's the religion of Louis Farrakhan, the one making the most amount of noise about Christianity. Stupid is as stupid does. Not, let's, just, let's just compare apples to apples. Jesus, how many slaves did he have? Okay, Muhammad, how many slaves did he have? 
many. And he owned black slaves. And he said two black slaves are worth one Arab slave. And he called his Ethiopian slaves raisin heads. And when he wanted to show people what the devil looked like, he pointed to a black man. And we got now Muslims saying the white devil. Can I at least get an amen for them? <laughs> who, do, who coined the phrase white devil? Muslims. Muslims coined the phrase white devil. Don't act like you ain't never heard it before. Who coined the phrase white devil? Y'all don't believe me? Search it right now as I get this. Other. I can't go there and help you out, but find out. Just Google white devil. Where does it come from? White devil. He's a white devil. White devil. Where do you think that came from? That came from the Muslims, the black Muslims, the nation of Islam. You want to know what Muhammad said? This is what Muhammad said. I got the links up here for you. I heard that it was said of him, the apostle. This is what they called him, the, uh, uh, Muhammad. They called the apostle. Whoever wants to see Satan, take a look at Nabil Aharif. He was a sturdy black man with long flowing hair. So Muhammad was asked, what does the devil look like? What does Satan look like? Shatan, as they say in Arabic. What does he look like? He said, like this black man right here. And Muslims going to twist Christians on the south side or wherever they can find them selling bean pies to tell us white devil, white religion. When your Muhammad owned black slave, gave up two for one Arab, said the devil looked just like you and made fun of, uh, made fun of Ethiopians and called them raisin heads. My friend, there is a racist religion. Islam. Not only did he have many slaves, he had many wives and children wives. Now you're saying, Pastor, why are you doing that? Why are you throwing them under the bus? Number one, because I want you to know the truth and where a lot of this lingo has come from. It comes from people who hate Christianity. It comes from people that have a false view. Now let's just say they go, Pastor, well, we don't believe all that no more. We like new kind of Muslims. We new kind. Well, hold on. What is the number one religion right now with slaves in the world? Is it Christianity? How many slaves does Donald Trump have? And don't say yourself or America. You ain't a slave. You're still in the land of the free, home of the brave. Come on. I don't care how bad you think white Donald Trump is. How many slaves does he literally have right now? Have you ever heard of Boko Haram in Nigeria? Have you ever heard of Sudan and Dofar and the problems of the world? Who is owning? What group is owning folks right now? Right now, in Libya, put it right up on your, Google it right now, Libya slave trade, black on black, Muslim upon the people. Here we go. In 2014, both groups were reported to have kidnapped large groups of girls and women. Boko Haram, slave trading right now in the name of Islam. There's not one Christian group. I don't care how crazy they are. Not even one Christian group doing it right now. My Jesus never owned a slave. He came to set the captives free. Come on, somebody. My Jesus never talked about race one time. You can't tell me whether there's a white or a black man in that Bible. But you know, come on, Moses married, married an Ethiopian. Moses married a, 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 a woman of color, as it were. And Moses might have been black himself. We don't even know. We know that there was a man who carried the cross. He was from Cyrene. Cyrene is northern Africa. We know that they were all mixed in together. The, the people of God never looked at skin color. They knew they were one race, the chosen race. And now we are all one race, a human race in Christ. In Christ, a new humanity. Are you all listening to me? So why is it today the culture has us all twisted up on slavery? 
Because what it is, is it's an attack upon our Bible. And so when you go back to the Jewish times, when they had to have the wars and they would conquer and they would have slaves or servants, yes, that may have been similar to the cultures they were in, but they freed and treated equally their people. Let me, come on, everybody look up at me. Let me ask some yes or no questions. Would the God who said, thou shall not steal, let you steal somebody? No, that would be a contradiction. Would the God who said it's wrong to rape, would he let you rape somebody? So once again, whenever you look to the Jewish slave system, is it a slave system based on raping, pillaging, and all of those things? Absolutely not. It's a servitude, a servitude, a servitude, and a servanthood. And they could become free. They could live among the people even though they had lost their money because of debt or they had become a conquered people. This is a part of the world that we live in. Yes, that's how they operated. There was also polygamy at that time, things that we may not support. But don't put it all the same together. God never commanded polygamy, but he allowed it to protect the women and their children. God never commanded slaves, but allowed it when he conquered the nations and people got into debt. And then, like I said, they could become a part of the nations. Can I hear an amen? So what was Paul clear on? So let's just put ourselves now in Paul's shoes. And let's start with whatever culture then you want to, uh, let's start with Paul and then go from there to whatever culture. So let's imagine right now you are in the Roman culture, you are a master, and here are people that have owed you money and now they work for you as slaves. At that moment, what's the number one thing Paul is telling you in the church to do? Treat him as Jesus treated you. So whatever you've been doing up to that point, can you now do the wrong thing anymore? Come on, if you've been doing wrong things up to that point, now that you're a Christian, can you keep doing it? No, so it stops. Bam, right there. As surely as it says, children obey your parents, do all of this and that. You as a slave owner, if you had this going on in your life, it stops. Now, what culture you want to take, for example? What, missionaries going to the Aztec Empire? Missionaries going to Africa where they're still slaves today? Missionaries going to India? What do you think uh, uh, Mother Teresa was doing in Calcutta? Literally telling the Indian people, we love them when you consider them trash. Read about the caste system in India. Didn't have time to check on that. Going to China, doing the same things. What would we say to the people? What would we say if we were a missionary and we still run into this and a man has four wives? What do we do? We say, marry the one, have the others be taken care of, and keep raising your children. How many think that's a good solution? Do we say for him to put away the family? No. Where are they going to live? Where are they going to live? They have to stay in the house, but he can't have sex anymore. Marry the one. Marry one, treat the other as family members, and raise your children. How many think that's wisdom? What would we say in the Aztec Empire? Hey, dude, with the headdress, stop killing everybody here. Stop taking over the villages. Hello? Is there any confusion? How about in the South? Okay, because we have this. Anybody ever heard of the abolition movement? Oh, come on, quiet. I guess you all either lying or you ain't paying attention. Come on. How many have heard of the abolition movement? Okay. Am I not a man? The abolition movement made this one of their primary pictures that they would use to spread around the world, I mean spread around America, to help people understand that slaves were people. Where do you think that phrase comes from? Am I not a man and a brother? How many want to take a guess? Somebody say the Bible. I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you that scripture in just a moment. The abolitionists were Christians. 
So now watch. Let's put ourselves in the south. What am I going to do as the preachers were at that time? You can look them up. You can look up the ones black and white together on the same team preaching against slavery. What am I going to say if I go and preach in Georgia in the 1800s? You slave owners, you better treat them equal. Set them free if you can right now. Otherwise, you are going to burn in hell. Now watch. I ain't going to do it. She belongs to me. He belongs to me. What do I say then? Me and 300,000 men are going to put a cannon down your throat. I'll meet you back here. What do you think the Civil War was? I think it was just guys tickling each other. It was, you don't want to release them? I'm putting a musket in your head. I'll meet you at the Tennessee River. I'll meet you at that creek. I am taking these people back. You get angry when you fight, don't you? Somebody punches a man in the nose, you get angry. You watch a man get beat in front of you. You watch a man get treated like an animal. You'll step right across the Virginia line and say, you die today. I don't care if we've been trading goods. I don't care if you're my buddy. Brothers, we're killing brothers. You stop now or me, my cannon. Some of you all need to go back to the Civil War and make those men and women your heroes. Sometimes people are protesting, shouting at white folk, and I'm telling you, I wasn't here. But how do you not know that their grandparent or great-grandma wasn't in the Civil War, you nincompoop? How do you know what they believe or stand? They could have died for the freedom of this nation. Come on, somebody. So let's not judge on color. How do you know during Jim Crow that their grandparent wasn't getting spit on and protesting? It wasn't everybody being bad. Let me just give you a moment. Put on the brakes. I hate abortion. I'm in this nation. But if you look back on America 200 years from now, you would think everybody was for abortion and murdering their children. I want to ask you a question. When you hear all these people today talking about Christianity and the white man's religion and all of these things, I want to ask you a question. Let me see. Whatever I put up there is the wrong thing. Help me be Professor Joe here. Abortion. If you want to hide your kids' eyes, that's okay, but I got to show that my kids are going to see it and understand the wickedness of this world. Let me ask you a question. Are the same people getting you riled up about white Christianity, riled up about this? Because this right here is a genocide. And you want to know the number one people group getting in this genocide right now are African Americans. There are some parts of Harlem and New York, probably even in Chicago, where more black babies are aborted than they're allowed to live. So I want to ask you a question. When you start getting a part of all these women marches and all these things, let me just show you right here the women's march. This is where some of this Professor Joe stuff's going to come out. Y'all ready for this? Do you know that in the Women's March right here, if you want to look at what they're about, and this is the same thing uh, uh, with Black Lives Matter, aborted Black Lives don't matter to them. And the same thing here about the Women's March, unborn women don't matter to them because look at what it says. This means open access to safe, legal, affordable abortion and birth control for all people. Now who led the 2017 who led the 2017 Women's March? Can I, come on, can I hear an amen for some truth coming out today? Linda Sassour led it a Muslim, and you want to know Muslims own slaves right now. 
You want to talk about women's rights? Saudi Arabia just in 2018 finally gave their women the right to drive. And then there's other articles you could get right now, 10 things you still can't do in Saudi Arabia. Change clothes in a dressing room at a store. Be, uh, you know, uh, uh, be competing in sports. All of these other things that you can't do. And she's going to come and tell us about rights. But really her rights in Islam are terrible. And then the woman stood for aborting women. And then LGBTQI. Do you all understand there's a worldview against Christianity? Come on, look up at me, please. You all understand there's a, there's a war against your worldview? And what's one of their tricks to get you to hate it? It's a white man's religion. It brought you slavery. Forget about the Aztecs. Forget about that place they would sacrifice you and your children. Let's not think about that now. Let's think about Christianity being white. My friends, you know Christianity wasn't even white until about three or 400 years after it started. <laughs> That was when it really reached Europe. All the time it was Jews, Middle East, Athanasius in the 300s. My favorite church father was an African man. Who do most people look like in Afri Africa? Dark skin color. Hello, somebody. Carthage was in Egypt. These places, that's where Christianity grew. My friends, it was never a white man's religion. Had white people hijacked it at different times? Absolutely. But Jesus wasn't white, blonde hair, and blue eyes. The person who made that picture was just as stupid as the one who believed it. I'm not preaching a white Jesus. If that's a picture you have in your house, that's okay. And if you have a black one, that's even better. But listen, it's not whether or not he was white, black, pink, or purple. It's the color red that he bled for me. And it's not about any man, but about the God man, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to tell it as a T.I. is, as it is. Amen. Let me just say this now in closing. What would this mean for slaves and masters? Number one, if you had them, you could no longer treat them bad. End of discussion. Number two, you could definitely no longer take them or get them. Can I show you what the Bible said 2,000 years ago? And how many know when I say Bubba who I'm talking about? The white slave owner of the South? Now you ask me a question. Could Bubba own one slave after reading this passage of the Bible he said he believed in? Now hold on. Let me just help you. Can the Ku Klux Klan be Christian and hate Jews when Jesus was a Jew? <laughs> can they call themselves Christian? Yeah, they can call themselves Christian. Do Mormons call themselves Christian? Are they Christian? No. Come on, somebody. Can you call yourself a millionaire? Yes. Does it make you one? Where don't we get this? Stupid is as stupid does. Try it. I'm a millionaire. Now check your wallet. I'm a Christian, and I burn crosses. You are an idiot. Right? Come on, somebody. I hate Jews. What do you think the Bible's written about? Could you be a slave owner and hold to the Bible? Absolutely not. Watch this. How many believe a Christian keeps the law of God? Okay, here we go. Verse 8. We know that the law is good. The moral law, the one that we've talked about before in this church. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. So here's how we're supposed to use the law. And here are some of like the obvious things. Like you're really, you're really a cotton-headed ninny-mogging if you don't get these things. We also know that the law is not made for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels. So I, how many know this? As a Christian, I don't have to be told not to hit my wife. Because if I love her as Christ does a church, I'll never hit her. I don't have to be told, don't knock my head up against the wall. How many had to be told that today? Don't hit your head against the wall. Don't you be running your head into that brick wall. How many were told that today? 
But how many know you're not going to do it because you know what's right? The Bible says when you become a Christian, the Spirit will let you know the obvious things. These are the obvious things. But the ungodly, they don't get these things. So Paul had to write it. The ungodly, the sinful, the unholy, the irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers. How many know those are bad people? You kill your mom and dad. For murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those who practice homosexuality. Sorry, Ellen, it's still there. For those who are what? For, come on, for what? Slave who? Slave traders. So could you ever trade and get a slave? Could you ever get one now? So now watch. Come on, y'all ain't talking to me. Come on, I'm hot up here. Come on. Could you trade and get yourself a slave? Okay, thank you. So does anybody here have a slave? Raise your hand. Okay, so you don't have slaves, right? So you never can get yourself one. Never. So who is Paul talking to? Those who had them because of a system they lived in, and now he's telling them how to live in that system. Could they go on now from that day forward and go get another slave? Because they go, I like the way you look, girl. Come put $100 on you. No, because guess what? Prostitution is slavery as well. So that means you couldn't go buy a prostitute either. Come on. Because I see it on Bourbon Street. We just, I, I, you know, I used to live in New Orleans. Just had a video come up of my guy who works there preaching to a prostitute. The pimp comes by while the, while the, pimps t- while the, while the prostitute's preaching. The pimp's wanting her to get back to work so she can get paid. No, could you do that as a Christian? Never. So what is slavery according to the Bible? Slavery according to the Bible is what we are to Christ, servants of God. What is the system that Paul taught us to live within? Employees and employers. That was all he said, now you are to do. Otherwise, you're going straight to hell. So let me get this. Can I get this point across to everybody? If you were an African slave trader, where would you go? Help. Okay, let's start again. If you are or were an African slave trader and you died, where would you go? If you were an Egyptian slave trader and you died, where would you go? If you were a white slave trader and you died, where would you go? If you were in the Chinese dynasty slave slave trading, where would you go? Hell, thank you. Any questions? And lastly, you were to free that slave the moment it was the best thing for them so they could live on their own free. Not the best thing for you and your business, but when they could be a citizen and be free. How do I know? Do you remember that statement that we had put up? Am I not a man and your brother of the abolitionists? Come on. Let's just look at it right here. You all remember this one? Let's go look at where it came from. Let's go to our Bibles. Go to Philemon. Do you know that we have an entire book of the Bible talking about a freed slave? Come on, somebody. Look at what it says in Philemon. I would like to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains. So Paul met him while he was arrested. Why? Because he was a runaway slave, and he was arrested and made to go into a Roman jail. Do you understand why Paul wasn't going to just set them all free? They had no citizenship. It's like getting sent back to the Amigra. But look at what he says. He says, I want you to restore him back. Look at verse 15. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while is that you might have him back. No longer as a what? No longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. Do you know that the abolitionists, black and white together, used the Bible to preach against slavery? 
Come on, Harriet Tubman was a Muslim, right? Tubman, the Underground Railroad, that was ran by Muslims, wasn't it? Harriet Tubman was a Christian. Frederick Douglass, he was an atheist that hated God, right? Because of all that he went through in life, he blamed all the evil on God. Frederick, Frederick Douglass was a Christian. Some people say, well, it's because everybody was at that time. No, everybody wasn't. There was a lot of atheists, a lot of God-haters, a lot of other religions too, just like they are now. Don't just paint everybody in the past like they're stupid. They made their choices. They knew what they wanted to be. Thomas Jefferson didn't like the Bible. Okay, come on. They were Christians by choice. They understood the principles of the Bible had been violated, and that's why they were standing up against it. They were saying, hey, I believe in this book, and y'all say you do too, but you're not living by this book. Jesus came, it literally says in Luke chapter 4, came to set the captives free. Paul said we weren't supposed to slave trade. Those who were in those positions were supposed to be like slaves of Christ. And then we were supposed to set each other free as dear brothers and as fellow men. What are you doing? And hence the reason 300,000 people died in this country. Once again, not trying to make it all about America, but just setting some of the record straight so we can make a difference. When you make a difference in the world, do you believe you need the truth? Come on, I said, when you, do, when you want to make a difference in the world, do you believe you need the truth? Okay, amen. So I'm going to look right now at Facebook. Like I said, little Professor Joe here, be patient. I know I'm going a little long. I'm going to see if I got any questions that I can clarify. And then we'll make it about your job. <laughs> yes, somehow it does all come back to your job. Okay, no questions. You guys got this? Amen. Amen. Well, here's the modern application. Number one, everyone's master is Jesus. So now in all that we do in society, we're always to remember our master is Jesus, and we're supposed to treat others as he's treated us. What did Jesus call us as his servants, his slaves, in John 15, 15? He said, no longer will I call you slaves and servants, but I'll call you my friends. See, Jesus said, I want you to be my friend. No one made me be a slave of Jesus. Let's think about the slave trade and the Atlantic slave trade just for a second. You see, when they got over here, that wasn't their choice, and they were made slaves. But one of the ways they could be free is if someone paid for them to be free, they could buy their freedom. So though maybe they couldn't earn it, somebody could buy it for them. Where's the illustration between this and Jesus? Is Jesus paid the price for us to be free. But where's the difference between us and the African slave trade? They were innocent, but we were guilty. We chose to be slaves under the devil. See, when we fell into temptation, we didn't know he was tricking us. It was the bait that made us his slave. So we became slaves by choice, not by kidnapping under the devil. And then Jesus died for us. And then what did Jesus say? Mark chapter 10, verse 45. What did he say? Now, as the kingdom of God moves forward, we are all supposed to remember. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve many, to give his life for all. Look at this. And whoever wants to be the, uh, whoever wants to be the greatest must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. So what did Jesus say? We were now to serve each other as if you were my master in that way, not in a bad way, but in a way, how can I help you? How can I bless you? How can I pray for you? So number one, wherever we go on our jobs, we're going there to serve Jesus, not just a man. Do you get the application? 
You may have a wicked boss. Pray for a new job. Nobody's making you go to work there. But go be Jesus on that job. Serve the customers. Even though they don't treat you right, serve the customers as Jesus served you. So how many bosses do I got? Make some noise. Managers, entrepreneurs, owners. Okay, here's the word for you. Don't threaten but encourage. So if you can't threaten, that means you can't beat them too, right? So don't beat up your your employees. Uh, Don't be harsh. Be kind. How many know these are no-brainers, but it's good to go over? Don't burn people out. Be reasonable. Don't play favorites. Be fair. And don't be selfish and share the profits. How many believe we want our job to make profits, but we want to go to everybody, right? How many of our employees make some noise? Amen. Well, remember this, that you're there for the success of your company as well, right? So don't be lazy. Work hard. Don't complain. Be a positive problem solver. I I say this to our people. Don't come to me with any problem you don't have a solution for. How many know we got a problem with heat? But if you don't got a solution, don't come and tell me it's hot. I know it's hot. Trust me. But we got a solution. New air conditioning union here that's going to help cool down both sides. And I got these huge fans. But you get the point. Don't just complain. Be a problem solver. Be, uh, don't be unreliable. Be trustworthy. Don't be divisive. Be a team player. Don't settle for mediocrity. Be great. Now, I was going to end with that phrase that we've all heard. Uh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. How many have heard that? Have you heard that? Amen. You guys have been good today. Let's give it up for Jesus, by the way. You guys have been awesome. Adam, would you come, please? But if, you know, but if we say it like that, it's actually not true. Because we are supposed to work every day of our life. The Bible says man's supposed to work six days a week. What I think people mean by that is if you love what you do, you'll never work. What I think they mean is this. If you love what you do, you'll never just work to make money or to get the things you need. You'll actually see your work as a part of your life. Do you get that? Because the Bible says we're supposed to work. We're not supposed to treat that as a bad thing. Before we ever sinned, there was work in the garden. So work, even though it's a four-letter word, it's not a curse. It's a blessing. But how we look at our job may be a curse. If you look at the job as only a paycheck, you're not seeing the big picture. When I look at what I do here, even on a hot Sunday, trust me, I'm uncomfortable. It's not an easy day for me. I look at it for how it's impacting your life. And you may say, well, that's easy. You know, you're a pastor. I have to answer phones at Comcast, and everybody hates me there, you know, whatever. But hold on. Just, just no, just change the environment and put yourself in the same position I'm in right now, or I'll put myself in your position, because watch. When I'm here, I'm doing something good. When you're there, you're doing something good. The good here is I'm preaching the word. The good there is you're helping them have a service, cable, uh, you know, internet. So think about it. In that sense, I'm doing a good. Is anybody on their job having to do evil? Okay, if you are, stop. But everything else can be interpreted as good. Can I tell you what my father-in-law does? He's a janitor at a high school. Or excuse me, an elementary school. How many of you, when you were in elementary school, made fun of janitors? My hand goes up. I did. But see, that's my father-in-law. I appreciate him. I know another man that's a garbage collector. How many at one time in your life made fun of garbage collectors? Y'all, y'all pretend like y'all never made fun of anybody. Come on. How many are happy there are garbage collectors? How many are happy there are janitors in school? Okay. We all mature and see the world as a better place when we see each person doing a part. So when I get mad at that Comcast person and I make their job hard, Am I treating them as Christ treats me? 
No, and the Bible says I'm a slave of Christ. So who am I supposed to see on the other end of that line when they're like, I'm sorry, your bill is $634. You're wrong. We're right. If you don't like it, we're going to cut off your cable. Okay, listen. At that moment when I'm just like, listen to me. I know I paid last month's bill, and I know I didn't order the Latin network, and I know this is not what I have. Am I supposed to at that moment unleash hell on them? No, I'm supposed to watch, see that person on the phone as Christ. And I am now supposed to be their slave, their servant. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Can we look at the same thing on the bill here? Let's, let's go one thing at a time. Two-month subscription to the Latin Soap Opera Network. Do you understand? I never would have ordered that. I don't even speak Spanish. Oh, well, that happened because after you renewed, it automatically put it on. And if you didn't call and tell us, it would stay on. Oh, okay, now I get. So this came on because of your thing that you do. And if I don't call and cancel, it stays on. Yes, that's how it works. Okay, can I cancel it now, please? And stop paying an extra 20 a month for this. Yes, you can. Can I ask you one more thing? Can you refund me the two months I've already paid for something I didn't even know I had. Well, we're not supposed to do this, but we'll do it this time. How many know it's a different conversation now? How many know I'm telling you a real story? (laughs) Telling you a real story. Telling you a real story. How about another one? Just because it's not hot enough for us here yet. Let me tell you another one. I'm driving with my dad to get ice cream. Somebody say ice cream. I'm not going to do something I hate. I'm going to do something I love. I stop at the stoplight. Two cars are ahead of me. Everything is normal. They stop. The cars stop. Then I stop. All of a sudden, the guy behind me doesn't stop. Rams into me hard. Okay? I don't know what just happened. All of a sudden, you know, you're in shock. You're trying to figure it out. This huge truck, which I can't even see the end of its bumper. You know, I'm in a car like this. I'm looking at his bumpers like this big, okay? I get out to find out, you know, he's hit me. Okay, I get over the shock. I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell the guy, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Just give me the insurance. We're fine. I get out the car. You know what the guy says? You mother effer, what did you stop for? Literally, I'm now in shock again. I'm like, am I in a school zone? Was I not supposed to stop? Was I go, bro, I stopped because the two cars ahead of me in the red light told me to stop. And then he starts yelling. And my dad starts, my dad's with me. My dad starts yelling. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, boop, sits right here. And says, you're a slave of Christ. You know this, right? And you're wearing a Chicago for Jesus shirt with a cross, right? So you know you have to serve him now, right? Yes, Lord, I know. Um, Let's go through this again. Why did you think I stopped wrong? Well, because I thought you were brake checking me. Dude, I didn't even know you were behind me. I'm talking to my dad getting what? ice cream. I, I didn't even know you were tailing behind me having some war in your head with me thinking I'm brake checking you. Oh, okay. 
And so we pull over and everything gets taken care of. But how many know somebody could have died or went to the hospital or jail that day? Come on. Y'all ready for one more? Y'all ready for one? I'm going to give you one more because you got to know how to serve people, not just on your job, everywhere you go. So I was at Six Flags, the place where I'm reminded why Jesus told us to love our neighbor as ourselves this past weekend. So many thousands of people there. I can't even imagine how many are there today and just the hot, the heat, the, the intensity, all of these things. Okay, so I'm there. I'm there with Carol and Brian. We have to move our stuff out of the, the, the place where we're going to, uh, where we're at with the water park, going into the actual amusement park. I'm gathering up all their stuff. I touch somebody's stuff that's not Carol's, but I don't know it, okay? So I put it into my bag, and I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, somebody comes over there, up in my face, cussing super loud. Why did you touch my mother? Evan, stop that. I'm, I'm talking level 10 up here. Up here, up in my face. Nancy tries to come in and get some of this. Pregnant mama come on. We don't have your stuff. We don't have you know, all this. All of a sudden, the dude comes up in the, you all got our stuff, you know, all this. So I'm like, listen, I don't got your stuff. <sighs> Dove comes, long story short. I'm like, tell me what your stuff looks like. It's a white shawl that I put on. And I was like, hold up. I think I have it right here. <laughs> is this it? Yeah, that is. You know, and so it's like I had to humble myself because every part of me wanted to say, what does it look like, white shawl thing? Oh, I ain't never seen it. I ain't never seen it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I am not telling you sorry because it's like you know you tell somebody that crazy intense sorry. Like you just feel you're going to get slapped. Like you should have known better, you know. But, but it was a little weird. It was, I, I wish I could say we left as friends. But I then looked at him. I said, well, you know what? It's kind of funny. I said, I, I didn't mean to. And, the, you know, and it, actually, I had it in the bag. Isn't that kind of funny? I said, I think we'll all laugh about this another time. Probably not today, but we will laugh about this. And today, we're laughing about it. Hopefully, they are too. How many are ready to be slaves of Christ? Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus as we stand up. Come on. Y'all made it. Y'all did it. Nobody melted. Let's pray. Father, as we get ready to go today, we ask you to be with us to be slaves of Christ. Help us to serve you as we serve each other. As altar workers are coming, if you need prayer for your job or anything you got going on in your life when it comes to serving others, would you let them pray for you? We'll dismiss in just a moment, but don't be embarrassed. It just saves time if you come up now. Trust me. We'll dismiss, and you can come up in a minute too, but if you need to come up right now, just do it. As they're coming up, look at your life and see how you're serving Jesus and others right now. If there's any area of your life that needs to change because you're not serving people the right way, you don't look at your job the right way, or you're not treating your husband or wife or your kids the right way, or people at Six Flags, repent right now. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want prayer for my job, come on up. We'll pray for you to have a blessed job. Maybe you're in between jobs. In between jobs, Lord, bless my job. That's not a bad prayer request. That's a good prayer request. In a few moments, we'll dismiss. Right now, we're praying for you. As I'm praying for you, will you pray for you? Would you pray for you right now to get right? A few more moments. Jesus, check, check our hearts. If we're the ones walking around with that chip on our shoulder or treating people in a way we wouldn't want to be treated, change us. Those who are needing jobs, bless us. Provide for us. Husbands and wives, come on, if you're not treating each other right, 
You should be serving each other. Repent. Hug each other. Pray for each other even now. Kids, if you're with your parents and you haven't been obeying them, repent. Come on, 15 more seconds. God is able. God is able. Then we're going to close by praying for this country. We're going to pray for people at the border. We're going to pray for racism and and oppression. We're going to pray for this nation. But a few more moments praying for you. Like I said, after we dismiss, you'll have plenty of time to come up. But it's always better when you make that move now. I don't know why it is, but it is. I think it's just a part of faith that says, I got to make that move now. I got to step out. Thank you, Lord. Those here, keep praying at the front. Let's lift up our nation over the 4th of July weekend right now. Father, we pray for our nation to be a holy and just nation. For you to bless us, God, we got to bless you. So today, Lord, we pray for our politics to get right. We pray for our president to be kind and compassionate, to live like Jesus. We pray for our Congress to do the right thing. We pray for our laws to be just, to protect the innocent. We pray, O oh Lord, for those at the south of the border are coming in through the uh, refugee pro problems or through the problems of their country as refugees. We pray for wisdom to handle these situations right, to take care of those in need and the children. We pray for our communities that are troubled, Lord, because of poverty. We pray for you, O oh Lord, to bring in prosperity through the people who live there. Oh, Lord, we pray for blessings upon our children and our young people. Keep them from gangs and violence. We pray against sexual perversion, homosexuality, adultery, and rape, and murder. All of these moral issues that we deal with. May our young people be free from them. May our older people be free from them. Help us to be a nation that fears you, that keeps your word. Because we know the nation that fears you, you will bless. The family that loves and keeps your words, you will bless. Be with us, oh God, and keep us safe during this holiday week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, can you give God one big more amen or a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Woo, we love you, Jesus. Slap your neighbor high five and say, if you can take it, you can make it. God bless you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Enjoy your holiday week. Feel free to come up for prayer or just worship. We call this the after party. Yes, Lord, I've been set free. The power of hell is broken over It's broken. Oh, you love. Love is true. Yes, your love is true. Love is free. So we pay the cost of sin on Calvary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I may do, oh, I may do, yes, I've been set free. The power of hell is broken over me. The power of hell, the power of hell is broken over me. One more time. The power of hell is broken over me. His love has ransomed me. Oh, we've been ransomed, set free from the wicked slave master of the devil. 
We are under a good master. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Come on, just keep singing that little bit there, Adam, please. We've been set free to set others free. Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. We are free. We are free. Freedom. Lord, may we use our freedom, as the Bible says, not to indulge in sin or the flesh, but to use our freedom to live holy lives and to love others, to be free from our anger, to treat others kind, to be free from our greed, to be generous, to be free from our bitterness, to treat others the way we want to be treated, to be free to live like Jesus. As we get ready to put on the prayer video or the prayer song, we're going to let you guys keep praying. We just have to let the band get ready for a graduation ceremony. But don't leave out until you sense the Lord has set you free or encouraged you today. This is living for Jesus. This is true freedom. This is the freedom God gives. Amen.